0: Good day, bro! Been a while! Welcome back, idol!
1: Kamusta? Lohadi, kamusta yan? Getting used to the tropics again!
0: Uh, <laughs> kamusta, Inet?
1: Kamusta? Okay naman. Okay, at least gladly medyo malapit ng Christmas. Medyo okay pa yung weather compared to what I was expecting. But of course, from the Greenland. Malapit uh, Christmas.
0: It's been Christmas for at least uh, a know, month. No,
1: already, talking definitely. about the international version of Christmas, uh, hindi yung bare months natin. So, mamaya na si Jose Maricar. Um, yeah, bro. So, so you know, I'm adjusting and all of that. Uh, the funny thing is, uh, it looks like yung sleeping patterns ko completely stable when even when I'm traveling. Pag nasa europe or even all the way to greenland but yeah. for some reason whether it's in u.s or philippines or even japan i see circadian cycle because i don't know maybe there's something about gravity in europe now despite yeah. and all i can always sleep at 10 p.m 11 p.m wake up early morning Greenland, so i don't know i don't know what's going on but hopefully mm-hmm. next time i drop by there i have a better circadian cycle bro Eka, how are you how are things going with I'm, you? i'm okay i just i just finished the first draft
0: of the book and then I'm hoping to send it to friends who can comment, um, namely
1: one Richard Hidarian, A certain can... Richard Hidarian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Looking forward, bro. I mean, the, do you have a publisher in mind? I mean, I was, I mean, that has a publisher you're, you're I'm revealing your publisher or what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to reveal the publisher
0: yet, but <laughs> US-based most likely because... Wala pang kontrata, hindi pa official, but yeah, I am I'm to working to. with I'm working with a publisher and an editor from from, from a publisher so who are very enthusiastic about it. I mean they're editing it already, so if they're they put in that oh, much okay. work that so, there.
1: so is this more print or university press? What what's
0: university parent because um you yeah. know, these are the, the, these are the demands
1: of my job I have to publish with a university press. Of course. Now, uh, uh, many, many complicated issues, including, of course, the conflict of not only the past month, but potentially the conflict of the decade, no, which is having a lot of impact all around the world. Of course, we're Probably talking about the conflict of our generation, you know. Our generation even, although um, you know, I'm pessimistic enough to fear that there could be even worse situation in 10, 15 years. Being in the Philippines, analyzing China, Taiwan, you never know, right? But uh, as things stand, you know, like the number of children just killed over the past. Yeah, yes. As I see the number of children killed, what, over past years, according yes. to the data I'm saying. So yeah. uh, from a standpoint, this is crazy. This is crazy. We thought mm. the Ukraine conflict and casualties was horrible. This is next level. But before we go there, let's talk about Yung Latin na Bayan. So a number of things happened. Um, and I, I felt it's perfect to talk to a historian but before we talk about history uh because i want to talk about coup no <laughs> history mm-hmm. of d'etats in the philippines uh because it looks like you know there are insinuations that um you know you know who right maybe behind coup plots against marcos junior and guess what it's not the dilawan it's not the pinklawan it's whoever's left in the power groupings na as if sobrang yeah and then
0: diba, maybe- as, 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 if, as if yung policy nila na pro-China mabang sa military, and then they have the goal to organize the military.
1: Yeah, I think this is based on this as the idea that, oh, once upon a time I appointed you, so I owe you for life. I, I owe uh, you for life. Kahit, it
0: just kahit doesn't na, work that way. Na, Kait nagusu ko ka yung event sa China at kaya pag ako sa komunista.
1: Okay lang. Okay lang. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Pero bago tayo pumunta sa mga ku at ko platters, marami din tayong mga kaibigan na ko platters natin, ba? Uh, let's talk about itong Department of Aqua I'm sorry, Agriculture. <laughs> uh, naging Department of Aquaculture nang <laughs> tawag ng tao. Ito oh na. Yeah, our favorite, bro. Our favorite department, department of agriculture. How do you feel about the appointment of one of the biggest donors to Marcos, who also happens to be a businessman and who happens to come from backward background, not in agriculture but aquaculture, right? How do you feel, well, bro?
0: May dinbasa akong isang article na at least daw alam niya yung distribution networks kasi part siya ng distribution So that's uh that's something there's something to be said about that and I think lagi naman pag naga-appoint ng businessman into certain positions in government lagi laging kang iiling ng konti kasi may may conflict of interest. Madalas may conflict of interest unless of course bitawan niya yung mga holdings niya. Pero um at the same time, we do know that the advantage of certain businessmen, kung magaling sila na businessmen and hindi corrupt na businessmen na rulang, is meron silang hands-on experience with the industry. And if they can step beyond their their narrow interests and take on the position of a cabinet minister, it could be really effective. That's that's a silver lining. But on the other hand, um, this does kind of break a kind of certain pattern within the Marcos administration of really appointing technocrats to key positions, diba? I mm-hmm. mean, a couple of weeks back, we were even thinking na baka mag-apiran si Maroha sa cabinet or si Babe Singson sa, sa cab- cabinet. So so between the two of us, we were thinking that there was a real technocratic push within the government, diba? An appointment like this sounds like, you know, an, a kind of Duterte appointment. Like, you know, it's similar to like uh well hindi naman kasing nalala pero yung pinakamalala na conflict of interest ni Duterte ba yung DSWD ay na yung ano so, public public works na inappoint si Mark Villar ba? very clear conflict of interest there so this is more like a tatay move for me than a very BBM ah, move so what
1: yeah. what are your thoughts
0: ako bro the best the number makakasama pero mas close to yeah,
1: fairness i mean both of us on as of course we want whoever is there to succeed because medyo yung situation sa uh, Department of Agriculture but, I mean, before going there, I mean, I wonder if there were takers. yun <laughs> ano, <laughs> so possible? But actually, Marcos Jr. had other people in mind, including other donors who are much closer to the expertise that is needed for this department. But baka gusto eh. So, I don't know the story of other people who may have been offered this. So, I'm not going to pretend that this was really the choice of Marcos Jr. And therefore, this is the reflection of Marcos Jr.'s Mm -hmm. uh, strategy about moving forward. But it's very clear. Marcos wants to create a uh, a plausible deniability, not really, a a one degree of separation from the food crisis on popularity disaster he's facing, right? Because he put someone else in in charge of the agriculture, at least there's a fall guy, Right, so probably mm-hmm. that's why others didn't want to take the job because it's essentially applying to be the fall guy, right? Mm-hmm. If the food inflation moves forward. So, so that's what I'm looking at, bro. Uh, baka takers Because even with Marrojas, I think it's more DTI we were thinking about mm-hmm. rather than Department of Agriculture. Okay. Well, I was thinking about Kiko Pangilinan, but election is coming soon. So if Kiko Pangilinan is thinking of running, which I think he is, I heard Riza the other month, hoping that, you know, Kiko will join her soon so that she will the Senate, then it doesn't make sense for Kiko to join this administration for another additional reasons that, you know, we're closing in already on the next election. So, takers. And for Marcos Jr., he just felt this urgency to put that one degree of separation between himself and the food crisis problem. Will it work? I'm not sure because he's still the president. He's still going to get the blame yeah. if food inflation persists. But at least he will have an excuse which he hasn't had for more than a year. Ika, what do you think about it? yeah, uh, of course some some fall guy, and
0: then of, and then, unless you think about again, babalik tayo dun sa tarifa, We have some of the highest food tariffs in Asia, yeah. and that's why our inflation in Southeast Asia, and that's why our inflation is the worst because of our food tariffs, which disproportionately um detriment the poor. So, kahit sino pa ilagay mo sa agriculture, matasa lang inflation natin kung Yan, kung, kung, yan ang nananatiling problema. I would like to think of the uh, inordinately high tariffs as the root, was, was not the root, I don't believe in root causes, yeah. but as the major cause. Of the problem, some people say that the major cause of the problem is importation. Yung mga parang economic nationalists, talaga, who believe in absolute food security. And I think absolute food security is a kind of pipe dream. I've said, I've said this multiple times. We're part of a global economy, and del ba hari isang global economy? kaila talaga natin mag-angkat. At sa pag-aangkat, natin, masiguro na yung ina-angkat natin ay mura para ang pinapakain natin ay hindi naman mahalandong sa Dun sa binibili nila. So so unless you can do something about that, yung yung tariffs. Hindi yeah. din yung magagawa ng agriculture department. Of course, may mga other things that are that are moving in the direction of um tamer inflation as a whole. So, you know, um yung rate hikes ng US hindi na kasing aggressive. So baka hindi na natin kalamagrate hike dito. Um although nagre-rate hike pa rin ang Banko Central, I don't know why. Because the Banko Central is the Banko Central. Central.
1: Um, nagka catch because...
0: nag-off-cycle kaka- rate taxi si Gov- Romulona. Rem- so, so there are other things that could tame the, the inflation in the short run, pero yung, yung long-run food inflation. And remember, ito talaga yung conclusion ko eh. When we talk about inflation hitting the poor, we're we're actually talking about food inflation. And so unless we we're, we address yung big issue around food inflation, I think agriculture, talaga yung agriculture, uh, agriculture department and all this other stuff. Like you know, central bank interventions, um, temporary tinkering with um, distribution problems, mm-hmm. oh, oh, that stuff can help in the margins. But yung malaking issue, yung yung napakalaking taripa, unless well, ma-tukin yun sa so tinik ano ano malparin yung pagkain.
1: Bro, I'm gonna push you a little bit here. I mean, I mean none of us are agricultural economists here, but. I think the tariff is essentially yung buis sa mga imported na, hmm. na, uh, na big gas, a lot of that from Vietnam, 90% from Vietnam alone, and then the rest from Thailand, etc. I would say that's the quote unquote proximate cause. But anima- you know what, I like the word proximate cause. That's the proximate cause. But structural factors, how can we explain a country like the Philippines, which has such a fertile soil, such a good climate? etc., is so dependent on food imports, hindi lang sa bigas. I mean, what really explains the failure of, of agricultural sector? I mean, ko na in the past, pinag-usapan natin. maybe yung diet natin, medyo os pa os, uh, sana all uh, rice, all-day rice, double rice. Triple... I understand. I mean, I, you know, I have many athletic friends around me who are saying, yeah, we really have to cut the rice. But it's easy to say for you because you can have steak. Right? Mahal ang protina. Eh. Oh. <laughs> exactly. But aside from you know, you might advise not cut on the rice, healthy lifestyle. Again. No, I mean, what are the structural factors? What explains, okay, I'll put it this way, bro. What explains the fact that, and this must be close to your heart, that the Philippines has the longest running and the most failed land reform program anywhere mm. in Asia, if not in the world. I mean, this is close to you because of your Ashenda Luisita. Uh, research back in the day. Your your current book looks at, of course, the Philippines' political economy mm-hmm. in crucial mm-hmm. years. So, paran natin maintindihan yon. Bakit ang Pilipinas ay napaka-underdeveloped pagdating sa kanyang agricultural sector?
0: Alam mo, and here, tama. This is where the maybe the traditional left um, has a point. Um, Nakaitdala ko sa Ashenda Luisita eh pag paghawak ng kuwang ko yung lupa may may times kasi na hindi mahawakan ng mga ko yung lupa so magbubungkal yeah. sila in other words they'll just occupy the land and they'll produce what they need to produce for themselves and for for trade yeah. so paghawak ng kuwang ko yan, meaning they grow sugar and sugar is not sugar is important but it's export and it really doesn't doesn't feed people yeah. pag nag-out kuwang ko magda diversify yung mga magsasaka. so they start nag, nagtatanim ng gulay nagtatanim ng mais, all sorts of things that that can feed people. So there's there's an argument to be made. Now more land reform um, moves individual farmers away from ito mga cash crops na mm-hmm. ready for information mm-hmm. and will move right. them towards crops that feed themselves and feed other people. So 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 there is there there's absolutely a point to that kind of more traditional leftist argument. Na, uh, so, bakit walang land reform? <laughs> I, I, I think this is one of those issues where I don't like the elite capture argument. Medyo sawa na ako dun. But this is the one issue where the elite capture argument is.
1: it really makes does. sense kasi, ba? Uh, this is the, this is the, the one issue is that uh, they're never gonna... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the point. I mean, I understand you're being iconoclastic. And I think a lot uh, of times you have the point but sometimes my point naman talaga eh yung ele- ito ito pare ang
0: linaw nito kasi ito medyo malinaw diba yung yung ano yung kongreso ni Cory sino sino nagcompass ng land reform efforts so pano yun si ano si Piping Cuangco, yung kapatid niya na may-ari ng Hacienda Luisita At bakit hindi pinambigay yung Hacienda Luisita dahil si Piping nag push ng ng legislation na na sinabing hindi mo kailangan ipambigay ang Hacienda Luisita kailangan mo lang bigyan ng stock options yung mga magsasaka doon sa kumpanya komp- at effectively, ano na yun, land reform na yun, or distribution right. dahil may stock option sila. Eh yung mga respondent na nakausap ko, sabi nila every time nakakatanggap sila ng beneficyo from yung kanilang shares dun sa kumpanya, eh mas, ma- mas marami pa silang binabaya dun sa tricycle para kunin yung pera kaysa dun sa pera na na nila. Right, right. So, I mean... You Know that, that this one is, I guess, a straight up case of you know elite elite capture, yung, yung land reform. Um, talaga natin, yeah. having, having, said, having said that, diba, parang there's also mer- meron, meron ding isang argument dito na. How do you force the elite to transition away from haciendas? Right? How, how do you do that? Um, how do you force industrialization? Well, you need state support, then. And I don't think state support has supported industrialization so, so much. So, 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 so the elite argument does work, but yeah. the brother, brother argument natin about how a developmental state can transition away from that. I mean... You need to force that you need to force the land reform through laws, right? If if a force land reform, that requires political will. But on the other hand, you need to create parang economic circumstances wherein masmadalisilang i kick out of their land because there are other industries available in the Philippines that the government will support. Like you know, things that uh, are more associated with
1: industrialization in a developmental state. You know, tradables. So it's, it's more like essentially double incentive, right? Positive and negative. Negative incentive hmm. to, you know, ito na, land reform na. Oh, yayariyan namin kayo. Oh. <laughs> yayariya namin Pero pangalawa, don't worry, it's not the end of the world. You can still have your 10 yayas and 12 drivers and all because we will find another industry that will be Yes, yes because profit. because privatization to whatever to electronics, this is where
0: this is where yung, yung diversification of exports is quite necessary. I don't think yeah. you can have complete land reform if you don't diversify exports because you this is the elite you you, you hindi mo ba basta-basta kayang brasuhin sa Pilipinas. Um kailangan din talaga ng incentive to transition.
1: Which is a very good point because I, already, I essentially have two countries in mind, no? Vietnam and Thailand, where we get m- much of our rice. No, 90% essentially from Vietnam and the rest from Thailand. These are agricultural superpowers. The Vietnam one, I mean, I like pho, I like so many things about Vietnam, but it's a communist, socialistic country authoritarian. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure it's the best model for coming up with land reform. Of course, you and I have read the book by Lovell about... Maoism, a global history, where hmm. a lot of land reform that happened is essentially pinatai, Lata maos, no mga Maoista, no, under the command of Chinese So that's where there was a dark turn. So so if you look at the history of land reform in Vietnam, it's uh, not very uh, you know enviable, to be honest. and and I'm definitely not against that kind of a Maoist way of dealing with land reform. And then you look at Thailand, it's very interesting. They for a long time Thailand was seen as the Philippines twin. Southeast Asian twin. Mm-hmm. At some point, both of us were troubled democracies and, and 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 troubled economies. But at some point, Thailand's democracy went down, but their economic trajectory actually picked up. Their infrastructure became nice. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, Taksin, who's the man behind a lot of development in Thailand's agricultural sector, a lot of development in the rural sector, you know, Taksin could have been your other typical Filipino conglomerate, no, uh oligarch, yeah. right? and yet if you look at it, because Thailand is increasingly an export oriented economy. And because they attracted a lot of high quality Japanese and manufacturing investment, kung titi mo yung mga billionaires sa Thailand. A lot of them are even ethnically similar to our billionaires here. Uh, They're Sino Thai, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. They're more involved in telecommunications in the case of. Uh, um, of of uh, uh, taxing and a lot of the others are involved in manufacturing, auto automotive industry, et cetera. So the incentives for them to just have a style life. Although of course, Thailand has a different political economy history compared to us, but still nevertheless, it's a very unequal society. It's a South Asian country. I, I kind of see your argument because in Thailand, a lot of their big rich people, a lot of them Sino Thai, they're very involved in more high value added uh, productions manufacturing automotive telecommunications rather than the typical pinoy style of landed elite landlord and essentially uh, the 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 you know the uh, the of our you know robber barons back in the day during the colonial era but i'm just trying to see what are the uh, reasonable and appropriate lessons we can draw and i i, I kind of understand like if you look at thailand their manufacturing pickup uh an optic over the past 20 years kind of perhaps Gives us an idea how things could also work in the Philippines, short of a kind of Maoist, aggressive, oh, bloody yes. reign of terror, like, oh, yeah. which I think some of our friends in the left essentially imply, if not openly, mm-hmm. and
0: mm-hmm. I just don't think that will work. I mean, uh for... For our friends in the left na parang may Vietnam envy, I, I really recommend this book called uh, Alec Holcomb's Mass Mobilization in the Democratic Republic of Vietnam, 1945 to 1960. It looks at really yung mobilization efforts and, and yung displacement ng mga, mga tao sa Vietnam during land reform efforts. Kasi, for example, parang because it was so ideological, the Chinese gave them a number. They said, like, X percentage of people are are land are evil landlords. So because they had to conform to that number, kahit yung mga kaalyado nila tinitigok nila. And then eventually, ang naging arajan as with as like the war on drugs, ginagamit yung law as an excuse to get back at your enemies. So sa mo landlord, ito idisplace mo ganyan. Parang yung tohang dati, te parang druglord oh, nila landlord. Druglord so drug uh, ka tigong uh, landlord sa kanila. Exactly. Uh, 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 so that's what happened in Vietnam. Um, yeah. And Alec Holcomb is a is a is a terrific anti-communist historian who actually
1: worked um in our departments at Berkeley. So he highly recommended. Fascinating. Again, it it just confirms that you know, like I like a lot of things about Vietnam, but let's not forget how they got where they are, and a lot of that was not really democratic. And Remember, there's one country that can give us an idea about how things could go wrong if we go down the Maoist way. Um, Spain, if you look at the civil war in Spain, when the far left pushed the envelope, that's where fascism came in. The whole General Franco phenomenon Mm. was a response to the progressive movement. Oh, I know. And then the milder version, if the socialist left version of of course, uh Salvador Allende, no, and how that created the mm-hmm. fascist response from yeah, Pero
0: pare Americano si well, no. American
1: influence of Philippines, right? You think uh, the Americans will stand with the landed elite who are their friends or uh, go no, no. No.
0: Not, not, not today. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not today. Exactly. So, but so, Ali, but just the Allende backlash
1: is also a kind of Kissinger Kissinger backlash, I would I would say. Yeah, although interestingly, so the anniversary, nang, uh, nang, I mean, you know, the, the whole coup against Allende uh, the other month, uh, and a, a, a number of very well informed Chileans, including a f- former finance minister among others, uh, were interviewed. And their argument is that actually, which is something very close to my heart, this idea that it was Kissinger and I don't know, Friedman and all of those, sort uh, uh, it's it's the whole, you know, the new liberal CIA oh. complex. Uh, what he was saying is that that is like factor number nine, right? Because he was saying that mm. actually there was a very almost fascistic, ultra conservative constituency. In short, do not underestimate the agencies of of indigenous trapos to do yeah. the job and that they don't need your new liberal Chicago boys to come in and do so. Parang, the idea is that. That that that, mm-hmm. se- that semi-leftist conspiracy theory, there is a grain of truth. we uh, have evidence uh, for that, but it's kind of exaggerated at the expense of appreciating the agency. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Or or yung yung theory. example sixty five killings in Indonesia, ba? one of the worst acts of mass killings killing we've ever seen in Southeast Asia. I mean, there is evidence that the United States supported the the military there. There is, in fact, evidence that Ninoy Aquino supported the military there because he allowed for the training of Indonesian troops in Hacienda Luisita. So, there was external support. But man, you don't get like the mass murder of close to a million suspected communists if it is not a domestic phenomenon as well. It was a, it was, it, it was a horrible domestic right wing backlash in Indonesia that. Needs that that can be blamed on external forces, but ultimately it has to be blamed on yung the dynamics, right wing in Indonesia, sa Indonesia na napaka, napaka time because Suharto was really a mass murderer, and he would have been a mass
1: murderer even if he did he did not get the support of the U.S. Diba Oppenheimer din yung yan? Yung documentary yung guy who made the documentary. Oh, okay. Joshua. Joshua, yeah, Oppen- yeah. So Joshua Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oppenheimer. No, this is not the Oppenheimer in the Hollywood, but I suggest you check it. I think you can find it for free on YouTube. It mm. talks about the killing fields in Indonesia no
0: yeah, and then, course, I was really know.
1: hunted no when because when I was writing uh, dun sa libro ko isang, you know latest book one chapter in Indonesia I had to really go through the Oppenheimer documentaries so that could happen in the Philippines if, if you know you had the left going aggressively yeah exactly uh, there could be very violent fascistic backlash because I don't buy the leftist approach because you're not looking at the countervailing forces and balance of forces in the reality.
0: Kailangan ka ng konte. Kailangan mag ka ng context. Hindi this is not about blaming the left for yun, yung acts of murder
1: but of course no, no, no of course not. Of course not. No, no no. I mean there were the victims here in the case of uh-huh. Indonesia. In the case, mm-hmm. in, in fact, I would say that not exaggerating the roll of uh yung, yung influence Maoism and communism done. And if you look at also Sukarno, uh, we, we can have a debate. Sukarno had left his predilections, but I think it was a much more centrist guy than, than many people appreciate. But yeah, unfortunately, the the, the fascistic forces there grabbed, they took it in the next level. And in fact, up until today in Indonesia, hush hush lang, no? You really cannot talk about it up until today in Indonesia. This issue cannot be discussed. Uh, in, I mean, I, mean, safety, I was uh, uh, just uh, I was doing, uh, I was uh, I take Indonesian lessons and I have an
0: online Indonesian teacher. My Indonesian teacher doesn't want to believe me when I say that there were mass killings in 1965 and mass graves. I mean, you know, he doesn't want to believe me. He's just like, uh, it's this new information to me.
1: Grabe, no? I mean, it's telling it's a mass amnesia, no? So and the Oppenheimer documentary, if you watch it, it's crazy because the people who were involved in the in the pogroms were so proud, you know. They uh-huh. it in a mafioso way, diba uh, uh-huh. uh, version of mafioso, and and you know they reenacted the, the massacres they were doing. And then the incredible thing about the documentary is that you realize as they reenacted, they realized mm-hmm. wait, parang may ginawa kami mali but they're still in denial of it. So. It's, it's a it's a very harrowing and haunting kind of documentary about this essentially repressed part of Indonesia's more or less contemporary history this is 1960s this is not
0: yeah you know, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we should we should do ago.
1: we should do an episode on 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 Indonesia yeah, and the grabe. so so, yeah. so you know yeah, that's what I'm saying now of course Philippines is not Indonesia Philippines is not Thailand Philippines is not Vietnam but I'm saying if there's some lessons to draw from our neighbors and all I don't know it looks like a Thailand one seems to be the most uh you know how should they say it? the least radical but not necessarily the worst one right mm-hmm. I, I, I am all for radical reforms but not necessarily for radical methods oh, yeah yeah
0: actually ako, ako difference, Richard, difference, yeah tama ka, I, I super agree ako Singapore envy is that a development path that's available to us um i have bangkok envy i have real bangkok envy every time i go to bangkok i'm like this is what manila could be and i think Yunganon is kind of it's it's a fair comparison it's a fair challenge we should challenge ourselves to become a little bit more like bangkok bangkok's an extremely livable place um i love it um and Hopefully, Filipinos can have some. Of course, you know, it's not perfect, diba ba? Meron ding element diyan na hinahide, tinatago yung mamayhirap. Bakit konti yung mamayhirap sa urban banko? kasi pinaalis, di ba? dinadala dun sa some, There is something emeldific about it. But, but still, you cannot deny na there, there are successes in terms of yung public transportation system, for example, which is a lot better double, than ours. Double-double lahat, so, yeah. You know, things like that. Mm.
1: No, no, I completely agree. I know on the surface, Philippines and Thailand look very different, but actually, they're not. I mean, if there are two countries that are most comparable in Southeast Asia, I would say it's Philippines and Thailand. And if you were in Bangkok 25 years ago or so, it was as bad as Manila in terms of traffic, you know, rivers. I remember Mm -hmm. the last time, not the last, actually, I'm more regular in Bangkok, but one of the times I was there, I was next to to the main rivers in Ladon, no? The hotels are there. And you're talking to your friends about democracy and all while you're overseeing. and you what we were wondering can I do the same thing with Pasig River one day can I write about Pasig River the same way that Rizal was writing about Pasig River when Simone was coming back remember your opening scenes sa mm-hmm. El filibusterismo Simone is in For the show. yeah exactly and they pass through passing it's like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna complete Rizal's trilogy I'm not sure I want to start with Pasig you know like I mentioned passing because you know it, Pasig is the beating heart of Manila, and yet you know I don't see much of life there. But it could be fixed. I think Bangkok and Thailand providers, and I and of course you and I, um, I'm sure you can relate to this. And by the way, I owe you a nice dinner. Um, uh, uh, Lelo, um, yung food diplomacy, Thailand's food diplomacy is gold standard, right? How they promote it in a systematic, conscious way. yung Department of Minis- Ministry of Trade nila, Ministry of Industry. Fauna um, first they made sure they bring in the chefs they bring in the ingredients they standardize it and next thing you know global thailand became a reality so i think thailand is what the philippines can become if we get some of the basic things right of course mm. with a different flavor literally and figuratively yeah mm. now I, I wanted to end on this point on on thailand because of course, I think you not know, my pet peeve, but this is our favorite thing: industrial policy. I keep on bringing this up. In fact, the other day I was just talking because Prime Minister Kishida of Japan was here in Manila. Uh, he just left for, for Kuala Lumpur, and I was talking to one of his cabinet ministers, etc. And one of the things I mentioned is, sana hindi lang Pilipinas hanggang ano lang defense cooperation surveillance. I mean, West Philippines. Although that's exciting, oh, huh? Oh, which is exciting, uh-huh. of course. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel we're important. Why would the you know Japanese cabinet minister even bother to meet someone like me, right? I'm, of course, they should, but but it's because the Philippines is more important. Or let's put it nicely, why do you think they bother to meet BBM so much? Not because BBM Mm -hmm. is the next level leader. No, it's because Philippines is becoming more important. It's in a strategic sweet spot, but paratiko sinasabi, sana it goes more. And in fact, our Japanese friends were saying they're interested in green infrastructure investment. Uh, They're interested in making the Philippines an uh, auto manufacturing hub, just like... I mean like Good. all of these things you know music to my ear but of course always politely you will hear something in between the lines by our counterparts not necessarily japanese only na sana ayusin ng yung infrastructure sana ayusin corruption sana ayusin ang red tape so i don't know i'm just saying this industrial policy thing is just not sexy again i think it's very sensible uh in the case of the philippines because we're getting all of this attention and all you know uh, that's just really where i'm coming from uh, in terms of uh, this constant emphasis on industrial policy and, and, and of course, to just um, connected to the conversation that and today. You cannot have a strong manufacturing sector if you don't create equitable growth, create a middle class, including a rural area, get your food security in order. The ADB had a very good paper a few years ago that showed the synchronicity you need between agricultural development and manufacturing development. Because the problem with the Philippines is ours is service-oriented economy. You know? Low-end, low-to-medium-end service-oriented industry, uh, economy. Most of our uh, conglomerates are not car manufacturers or high-tech manufacturers. They are, you know, land. land I almost said land grabber. Of course, I didn't mean that. um they meron are din? real estate. Yeah. <laughs> meron din. Baka yung isa. Hindi naman. Okay, okay. Wag na mag-name drop Oh, may papagalitan tayo. Bakit? Bobo ba <laughs> Ayan. Alright. Uh, Laila, thank you very much. I enjoyed this. Uh, I really enjoyed our discussion on our culture. Uh, next episode. Now, let's go to the issue of coup. Coup, civil-military relations in the Philippines. I think Thailand is a great country to end. yeah, Thailand great, na great, great country to start with for our next episode because when it comes to coup d'etat, that's where I think we should hey, not saka, to Thailand. Uh, yeah. uh, Exactly. Uh, I think perfect you know, in our transition. Salamat uh,